In the 80s, it was desktop computers. In the 90s, it was the World Wide Web. In the 2000s, we saw a surge in telecommuting and home-based businesses. And in the 2010s, mobile applications took the market by storm. These were all things business people resisted. What are the changes business people are facing today, and what is the cost of resisting them? In today's episode, Phil and I will share some personal stories about people we knew who resisted change and how that resistance impacted their business. Then we'll explore the decisions of 2020 that every small business person faces. Welcome to the Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we will offer the staples, you know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with the cursory helping of veggies. Our Business Buffet podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Hey, welcome to the Business Buffet. I am Ed Bejarana, and with me is my partner in podcast, Phil Anderson. Phil, how are you doing today? <laughs> You're always so jovial. I'm doing fantastic. The sun's out. Not to not to say I'm only happy when the sun's out. I'm just probably happier. Well, I, I would say without hair, you wouldn't be happy at all when the sun's out. It doesn't matter. No. I, I love the sun, and I, I can wear a hat. I'm actually in the, in the market for fedora right now. So. Are you really? Yeah, I am. Well, you know, talking about something that's got you covered, let me play this spot here from our sponsor over at F1 for Help. Today's episode is brought to you by F1 for Help, your on-site service and support specialist. If your computer is doing something it shouldn't, give Joe a call at 208-687-0183. This week, okay, it was a couple of weeks ago, but this week of the Iowa caucuses, wow. What a mess. Okay, you? I, You're super happy about that, aren't you? I, you know, I, the sunshine makes me happy. The Iowa caucuses uh, this year make you really happy. You know, I've loved politics my whole life, but I promise I won't get political on you. This this actually has direct applicability to what we're going to talk but about I want today. to talk about global warming today. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, in the case of the Iowa caucus, this change that they made, they released software without proper testing. Phil, I am positive that you followed this news, yeah. yes? You know, follow, I don't know. I, it's hard not to, really. But, um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty funny. So, my question to you, have they got, have they got the results yet? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, 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 what I do know is the chairman got fired, but nevertheless... Yeah, I'm starting with it's this. Not a good thing to do on an electioneer. <laughs> right. I'm starting with this, and it's actually in contrast to the idea of waiting too long to make a decision, which mm. is going to be many of the stories that I'm going to share today. But I'm I'm actually starting with one where they they made a change a little too fast mm. to show the contrast that in business we we have to move at the speed of business, right? And we have to make the decisions. Uh, as, as best we can right. with the given data that we have and be as smart about those changes as we could possibly be. I might have run a full load test had I been doing the software change in Iowa, but nevertheless, they did this and wow, talk about egg on your face. Have you ever done anything 
so badly that you kind of wish that you wouldn't go back to that place wherever you did it bad. So we're talking about a pain point here. Um, I tend to, you know, push the pain point experiences so far back that no, Ed, I can't remember a time that I've done that. I have to share with everybody. He's got a little twitch in his eye right now. <laughs> I do have a twitch in my eye. I, I, yeah. And a tear and a, yeah, my nose is growing as well. Right. right. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to start out with the idea that I, there is the other side to what we're going to be talking about being too slow to make transition. And that is being too fast to adopt a business change. Sometimes change for the sake of change is not good for business. So, should have a reason if you're making a change. Absolutely. Right? I, I mean, you just can't say, well, uh, every Tom, Dick, and Harry is doing this, and so we should too. Well, and it's impossible to say that it's a proven change. Right. You know, you, we, we in business, we're working on imperfect data. We, we have information best we can get. We make the decision best we can, and we do it. In fact, we had an episode not too long about, long ago, 70% is better mm. than 0%. That's right. Motion is better then than standing still. You're going in, backwards if you're standing still. In the Marine Corps, they say if you're moving, you're living. Living is movement. Yeah. Don't stand still and let the sniper pick you off. And business is kind of the same way. By the so, way, if you're not growing, you're dying by definition. Right. So, I mean, moving, growing, it's, it's all a movement, right? My cardiologist has a slightly different... <laughs> my dietician was just all over me about this growing thing. <laughs> but you but digress. But I digress. So I, okay, so I started with the changing too fast. I, I want to share a story about a good friend of mine. I'll I won't name him. Let me let me just call him Tom. So Tom, I already used Tom's name. Yeah. Tom, Dick, and Harry. Right. Tom, <laughs> a dear, dear friend of mine, going back a little ways. He was a salesman for a newspaper. Um, it was it wasn't a big newspaper. It, it was a community rag. Um, I guess that's a derogatory term yeah. in the print business. But that's not kind of, really. That's kind of the way I know them. They're rags, you know. Yeah, but that's. I don't think it's derogatory at all. No, I mean, just. I like, mean, it can be, but I don't think it is. Just like the L.A. Times, the fish wrapper. <laughs> the fish wrapper. That's right. Well, or the Seattle Times, the fish wrapper, the Pike Place really, Market. That's right. right? That's okay. Right. <laughs> it, okay. Anyway, so Tom, he was um, manual everything. Tom was a bit older. Really, he should have retired. He had everything he needed to retire, but Tom wanted to work. And I met Tom at a chamber of commerce, and actually Tom and I became dear, dear friends. And uh, one day we were, we were chatting at coffee, and he shared with me, he said, you know, Ed, business right now is kind of tough. I wonder if I can pick your brain a little bit. And, and he asked me a question. He says, you know, what do you think motivates a small business person to buy advertising these days. And I said, well, I don't know, Tom, what? <laughs> he says, no, no, I'm, I, I'm asking. I'm you. asking. <laughs> That's not a rhetorical question. Yeah. yeah no, I don't have this a lesson. An actual question. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of stumped. <laughs> what, what, what do I need to do? And so I, I kind of took a look at what he was doing and, and um, now this was well, almost 15 years ago, actually, uh, that Tom and I had coffee and, and when I looked at his system, I said, well, you, you, your paper doesn't have a website. Yeah, no, those, those <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to stick. Um, okay. None You're, of my clients are on social media. You, you handwrite all of your ad copy. Well, yeah, I mean, because I've been doing it for 45 years. That's the way you do it in this business. 
I said, so you communicate with everybody in person, which I applaud. Right. I mean, it, Tom would go to their business and, and hang out and, and handwrite the copy there at the counter. And I said, are you taking into consideration all of the challenges that businesses are facing today? And have you taken into account the increased number of conversations you have to have because your close rate's going to be lower? And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, how many businesses can you visit a day if you're walking in personally and talking to them? He said, well, I get to, you know, between four and six. It's, it's a religious thing. And he went on to a diatribe about how he gets to four to six, and that's really good in his business. I said, okay, okay. How many are you closing? He says, well, right now, not very many. I may be closing one or two a week. So let's go back 20 years. How many did you close then if you were doing four to six? It's Almost 80%, all of them. yeah. I said, what's changed, Tom? He says, I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. The speed of business, Tom, that's what's changed. And what hasn't changed is your approach. That's right. Yeah. He's doing exactly the same thing. He's not taking into account that the people he's calling on are busy. They don't have the time to stand at the counter because their phone is ringing and their customers are demanding them to pick up the speed and, and meet the demand. They've got fewer employees because the cost of doing business is higher. Right. Uh, so Tom wasn't taking into consideration the challenges that his customers faced. And what Tom was doing was relying only on what he knew. And when it came time to change, when it came to time to adapt to the new stuff that was out, we didn't have smartphones yet. We were still using mm. the cool flip phones. But when it came time to change to email, um, to faxing data back and forth, and to typing up the ad copy and, and, and sending it back and forth for edits, Tom couldn't make that change. Interesting, interesting. It you know, it's funny because sometimes, and you mentioned this already about uh, change can be too fast or it can be not fast enough, right? Um, so let me, I've got a, a cousin, I will use his real name, Tove. It's an odd name, but it's Tove. Whatever. He Big, big Tove? <laughs> we could go forever on that. I'm just going to. Try to speed this thing up. Pretend I didn't even say anything. <laughs> Let's do that. So anyway, he out of high school, he went to work for a valet company. And uh, he was blown away on how much dishonesty was in that company. Uh, the valets would get in and drive really fast. They would abuse cars. They would smoke pot in cars. They would... Um, they would shim, uh, skim off the top in terms of tips. So nothing came back. Uh, I mean, it was just a, a lot of things that they would do. And the, and the valet company itself was not honest either. So it was the whole industry of dishonesty. And he said, I think I can do better. And he set out and he created a company. He landed a, a client, the Metropolitan Grill in Seattle, that everybody wanted. The Met said, we'll start you on one of our slower restaurants see if you can do it and you can then we'll you can graduate up to to us and so he started a company and talk about doing it on the fly he started this company and he nailed it he went and he wrote a a, a, a employee manual that was one of the most the, the most thought out manuals i've read that detailed everything and he was moving through and he ended up getting just loads of restaurants in the seattle area and um 
wanted to implement some, like if a uh, you had a uh, claim ticket and you were finishing up with dinner, you would just hand that to the uh, server and they would do something in the computer and it would call out to the valet stand and they would bring a, a have the car waiting for you, right? What a novel idea. What a novel idea, right? And so it was really anticipating um, the client's and the customer's needs, okay? Now, that probably happened faster than it should have, but technology actually just blew right through that. So he was a little too early there because the restaurants are like, no, we don't want to. So there was that aspect. And then you started having things like people using Uber and Lyft and, and that sort of thing, or the taxes being raised in the Seattle area. So there was change that he was encountering. First of all, you were going up against a brick wall when it came to perceptions on valet companies and parking garages and the whole kit and caboodle, right? Uh, that, that he was blowing through those barriers, getting them, um, he was creating a really, changing the perception people had on on valets in Seattle. But the changes were so many that he ended up just... Um, so it was too much. He, 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 yeah, it, at some point you got to say, okay, the trends are going to where my company, what I do today is not even going to be a viable business and so he saw the writing on the wall, dissolved the company. And, you know, um, it was his choice, but that was, he, di- he did resist it to the point where he just dissolved the company. Hold on. Hey, Ed, there's this pop-up on my screen. I can't get rid of it. Can you hear what it's saying? Your computer has alerted us that it is infected with the virus and spyware. This virus is sending your credit card details, Facebook login. Well, Phil, it, it, it looks like your computer might have caught some malware. I recommend you call F1 for help at 208-687-0183. With almost 20 years experience, they know how to get rid of it. Wow, really? What computers do they work on? F1 for help works with computers running Microsoft Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. Give them a call at 208 687 0183. Thanks, Ed. I will. You know, you talk about um, implementing too many changes. I, I, I had a dear friend of mine. Again, I'll, I know he listens to this podcast, so I'm, I'm not going to use his name, but you know I'm talking about <laughs> you, buddy. <laughs> Here it comes. So oh I, I met this gentleman uh, at a Chamber of Commerce meeting. In fact, I meet a lot of my friends at a Chamber of Commerce meeting, but I met met this person at a chamber con and he was a fishing guide. He, uh, <laughs> first time I met him, he was, he was in fishing waders at the chamber of commerce meeting. That's somebody that's dedicated to their craft. That's right. And you that know, is authentic as authentic. Is. That is it. it. You know, you, if you're going to go with costume, <laughs> do it, go do all it. in, but don't go halfway. No, no, don't do it halfway. And he do doesn't it. have to with those waiters. He no. can go all in no, and not and, even get wet. You know, he was a big guy too. So he stood out in a room, but so I, I saw this guy standing in the, uh, in the room. Um, and uh, I knew I was going to become his best friend. I, I, I knew we were destined to be friends. This guy, he was just a fun, happy go lucky individual. So I got to know him <clears throat> and in the process of getting to know him, of course, you know, I'm, I'm learning about his business. Interesting, I never run into a fishing guide at a business networking event before, but okay, it, it didn't seem too out of place. But so, so I asked him, you know, tell me about your business. And he, he did. He said, well, yeah, you know, my office, I got an executive office suite 
down the street here and and I thought, oh, okay, that that's kind of weird. <laughs> do you have like a a fishing pond or <laughs> do do you do you stock the water fe- feature or <laughs> where do you go fishing? So no, no, at the lake. So okay, okay, all right, and you know, then he still have questions. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of odd. A couple of weeks later, you know, we're talking again, and he says, you know, I'm having trouble with my phone system. What do you mean? Well, this this darn PBX system, it, it it just keeps crashing on me. I said, PBX system, what do you mean? I said, well, yeah, my phone system. Come to find out this guy had a multi-line phone system installed. I said, so, again, I don't want to name him, so let's let's call him. <laughs> You're going to make the mistake we'll, we'll, at some point. Let, let's just call him, I don't know, Bear. Let, let, you know, we'll just call him Bear. There you go. Uh, I, I said, Bear, how many people do you got working for you? None. Oh, my God. Well, why do you have a telephone system? Do you realize every question you ask him, there are three other subsequent questions that are coming up after? Uh, yeah, you know, the the moral that I learned here, besides the fact that Bear was just this dynamite <laughs> individual, he had an impression of how you do business. When you go into business, you rent an office, you buy a telephone system, you invest in lots of advertising. He hired me to build him a website. That was the smart thing he did. Oh, there you go. Uh, you know, bias there, but he bought a boat and he was a good fishing guide. Um, but he was doing all of these things that was really old school. And I started telling him, I said, you know, I, I do business with my cell phone. Um, I don't have a phone system. I, uh, I do business out of my house. I got it. I converted the living room into my office. Why can't you do the same thing? Are you meeting customers at your executive office suite? He said, no, I, I meet him at the boat. <laughs> I said, so why did you rent an office? Because that's what you're supposed to do, he said. Uh, what I learned from Bear at that time was we can't do business the way we've always done business and expect to get ahead in such a tight market. And, you know, as a, unfortunately, as a result, you know, Bear was overextended. He, 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 had, he went out of business. Um, I have another story I'll share one day about when bear fell off the dock into the, into the lake, but so, I digress. So pretty much uh, whoever, if, if bear is listening to this, he'll have no idea you're talking about None. him, right? Yeah. None. Not no. so, not so None. ever. Oh my None. God. So you had come to me with this idea of, of story time. And I, and I love that, right? I was racking my brain trying to come up with stories that I could share of people that I know that resisted business and that cost them their business. So the first one I, I told you about with Tove, it didn't cost him his business. I mean, ultimately it did, but it what he, you mean, he made you mean the choice. Big Tove, right? Big Tove. Big that's Tove. right. He's going to hear about this. Uh, he listens to our podcast, by the way. Hey Tove. Thank you. Exactly. So um, how about the bigger corporations that people know about? that can relate right okay so let i'm gonna name a few and it, it should like spark memories blockbuster they did not pivot when they should have pivoted. no nope. they stayed the course right uh a little late on that one yep polaroid and you you would think that they would have the picture of business <laughs> they would get the picture anyway well said again rim shot how about we be to- i'm sorry not we be toys toys are us right um yeah. Pan Am, Borders, uh, Tower Records. 
Tower oh Records used to have market share like nobody else. Yeah, now we're dating ourselves. Well, but I you kind of have to. Nobody else will. <laughs> Touche. I really need to program a rib shot. <laughs> yes, <I>? you do. <laughs> uh, we've got Radio Shack and Sears from just recently, right? And something I just learned this week, Frontier has filed for bankruptcy. And they came into our market here. They bought Verizon and said, thank you. We know what we're doing. And they didn't. Well, you know, let's add to the list. I don't know if you remember Montgomery Ward. Oh, yeah, for sure. Montgomery Ward, they were just the bang-up store in leading up to World War II. Yeah. And Mr. Ward decided that the war effort was going to be so devastating that he sold off a bunch of assets, completely changed his business, and never recovered. Yeah. I, it's it, These stories are going on all the time, all the time, all the time. Um, my uncle had a... a it was called uh, PNCS, Programming and Consulting Services Incorporated. Um, it was a it was a, a company he he founded and went in and did consulting for big companies. Uh, one of them was Seafirst Bank. I mean, he had big companies. Wang Computers uh, were some big clients, and it ended up he put all of his eggs into one basket, and so when those companies started changing and not pivoting, like. Uh, the the owner and founder of the company either retired or passed away and gave it to their their kids who then I mean right you, well, and it's tough to pass a generational pass it is if the kid's not into business that they don't like the business and my my stepson ran into the same thing he had a towing company for thirty years yeah towing or towing towing okay not and towing. tried to get his right <laughs> big tow. <laughs> He tried to get his his boys involved, but they, they didn't have any interest. And as a result, he wound up selling a business. Yeah. I mean, at one point, PNCS had 200 employees. That's a lot of employees. And just, you know, uh, started losing clients and whittled down until he's like, you know what? It's it's retirement time anyway. And so, so let me ask you this question. Phil. Yeah. So uh, for the benefit of our listeners, mm-hmm. based on the stories that we've shared here today, what's the takeaway? Well, so, I, I mean, I think there's a balance. You, you First of all, you have to have your finger on the pulse of business, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you said things move at the speed of business. Right. If you are not acutely aware of the trends and the directions, then you're going to be really, really in trouble. And and the the ability to pivot using your education and your experience and your knowledge and your gut feeling sometimes too. You have to use your gut feeling because that's, I mean, you have to trust your gut. Uh, if you're not doing that, you're going to, you're just setting yourself up for disaster. Okay. But let me follow up. Okay. So, you know, a small business person, they think that their business is doing just great. They don't look, they don't know that business is going out of business. Mm. Uh, Tom and, Bear, they didn't know that they were going out of business. They didn't know that they were making mistakes. They didn't know I, the storm that was on the horizon. They didn't see it. They didn't yeah. see it. I saw it. An outside person saw it. So what would you say to one of our listeners, because they're business people, what would you tell them to do to find out if their business is going down the wrong path? What would you advise them to do to make sure they're not on their way to going out of business? Well, gosh, uh, you know, you, you look at the, uh, you know, your <laughs> first of all, how about just having a good connection with your client base and customer base, listening to them, listening to your employees, 
right? They're going to have ideas of what of how to uh, things are progressing forward. If you're looking strictly at the numbers and those numbers aren't changing at all, well, there's probably only one direction they're going to go, and that's down. If you're not paying attention to that stuff, I don't know of the the number one thing they can do other than a, an overall. But how about you? So, you know, from a vantage point of like Tom and and Bear, uh, they had the opportunity because there was somebody there saying, "Hey, you should take a look at this." They had a trusted friend. They they didn't, they didn't listen to they him. Didn't listen, yeah. But you know what I would say to a small business person is, we have to get out from behind our desks. I I think the common mistake we make is we're so bloody busy. And we get stuck behind our desk. We need to get out. We need to network. We need to talk to people. We need to listen to other ideas. And we, we need to use communication in the perspective that God gave us, not to get religious on you, well, but, he, yeah. but he gave us two ears and one mouth. Right. So we, we really need to listen to what's going on in the community. I, I think the, the biggest mistake that a small business person makes is just becoming a hermit, staying in their office, and pretending everything is just fine. Well, it's basically putting your head in the sand, right? Basically. And, and, and just don't do that. Again, it goes back to being aware. Yeah. Be aware of what's going on. Yep. And, and be, you, be active. Be actively looking for the fail point. Right. So You got a quote of the day for us? I do. My quote of the day is a man who stops advertising to save money is like a man who stops a clock to save time. Henry Ford. Way to go. Let's listen to our sponsor, and you all have a great day. Thanks for listening. Is your computer not running right? Is it making sounds it shouldn't? Do you want your computer to run better? Well, give F1 for help a call at 208 208- 687-0183 or visit us on the web at www.f1forhelp.net Thank you for listening to this episode of The Business Buffet. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Business Buffet Podcast. If you came in hungry for some substantial business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business.